this, the national edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. All right, so where did you have, like, on your Super Sunday that the Oilers would be losers of two of the last three games on your bingo card? No, I can't say I thought about the Microphone? I can't say can't say I thought about the Oilers yesterday. I was watching Nick Taylor and yeah, Taylor Swift and yeah, a lot of Taylors involved. Yes, heavy Taylor day. I, I yeah, I really loved that Super Bowl last night. A great game. Yeah. I mean, slow for a while, yeah. but I mean that's football, yeah. and sometimes it's not great for the whole thing. But it really how much better could you ask for? You get the one of the best of all time driving for a win in overtime. Only the second time in history that a game's gone to overtime. I. I don't know what the record is in the U.S. for watching a Super Bowl, but I I, I believe it's roughly around 120 million, 130 million. Mm. Like population I, I, of this 360 million. The, the number is going to be huge. Yeah. I don't know. Like half the know country, you, basically. Half the country <laughs> will have watched. And I will never understand how. And I said it on the couch at the time. How Kyle Shanahan took the ball first when both teams could a chance in overtime. Yeah. It is a mind-numbing decision. Yeah. Because you always get to react. Well, and, and so even worse that you heard players on San Fran saying they didn't know the overtime rules or hadn't discussed it. Guys, the Chiefs are like, we talked about it like all the time. Yeah, that's the difference, right? That's yeah. the kind of stuff that Belichick would do that you always remember the little details and that comes down to that. Do you want to hear, hear a crazy quick football stat? That Kyle, in Kyle Shanahan's three Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator or head coach, his teams have been outscored 68-12 to 12 in the fourth quarter in overtime. Does that mean he gets lots of leads? 68 to 12? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways. All right, have we got Ian Mendez? I think we do. All right, senior writer for The Athletic based in Ottawa. His article, is there a right way to score an empty net goal? Question mark. Yes. But I do believe that he's tells us there's a right way oh. to score an empty net goal in his article. Is that true, Ian? <laughs> the, the question mark was for editorial purposes only. <laughs> but really, you're telling everybody... I know how to score an empty net goal, and that was totally acceptable by Ridley Gregg. I, you know what? I should have entitled it, Is There a Wrong Way to Score an Empty Net Goal? Right? Because I think that's what we found right. out uh, on the what a what, You know what's funny is that halfway through the game, neither team had been penalized. And I actually looked up online to see what's the least penalized game in the history of the Battle of Ontario. And it turned out it was six minutes. Uh, total uh, of, of PIMS. And I thought, wow, we're he- headed towards the least, uh, you know, uh, toxic Battle of Ontario, least <laughs> abrasive. And then with five seconds left, all hell breaks loose. They, they, honestly, I, I couldn't believe, like, what a what an explosion of opinion mm-hmm. in the last 36 hours. This has been really, really fascinating. So if if we look down the, the roster, uh and, and we were going to pick a guy to piss off the Leafs at the end of the game. Would would Ridley Gregg be at the top of your list? Because our, our boy Sammy here says he despises him now as a, <laughs> as a Leaf fan. I'll tell you, he is, you know, when Ottawa drafted him back in 2020, he was a late first-round pick. The comparables by a lot of people, kind of a Brad Marchand type, uh, you know, for, for a bit of an older fan, Mike Pekka was a name that was brought up with Ridley Gregg. And, you know, and Ridley's got like a slight frame, right? He's not a huge guy. He's a small guy. So the Mike Pekka 
comparable. I think it was apt for a lot of people. And if you remember the way Mike Pekka played the game, he was a pretty tenacious guy uh, that that sometimes created havoc around the ice. Brad Marchand does the same thing. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of a window in the Ridley Gregg. So, yeah, if you're asking me, you could pick one guy that was the disturber. I mean, Brady Kachuk would be on the list of you know potential agitators. But knowing everything I know about Ridley Gregg, I think he really enjoys being in the middle of everything. So why don't you frame the article for us? I know you used uh, the Patrick Stefan miss <laughs> as sort of yeah. the uh, the jumping off point. Just give us a quick synopsis of your thoughts on, on what went down. Yeah, and look, and, and the reason why I bring up Patrick Stefan, and that, that was 17 years ago, which is crazy because it kind of feels like that was yesterday. But, you know, for people that don't remember, Patrick Stefan of the Dallas Stars had a wide-open, empty net, not unlike Ridley Gregg, 10 seconds left in the game against Edmonton, and he just was kind of soft, cavalier on it, Puck skips over his uh, stick. Oilers come back and score. And what we had heard in the last, you know, 15, 16 years, whatever, is, you know, you better finish hard. Don't don't just take for granted when you have an empty net. Finish hard. You know, Ridley Gregg obviously went to the opposite extreme. And so people were looking at that. They're like, you know, that's not what we meant. Don't finish like that. You, you know, there's a happy medium. And I think this is what's interesting, guys. Um, I think for the critics of Ridley Gregg, your feeling is, you know, he should have shown some restraint. He should have let his emotions be kept in a little bit. And he didn't have to go full Patrick Stefan and he didn't have to go full Ridley Gregg. There was a happy medium in between. He could have calmly and confidently put the puck in the net. We're not having this discussion. That's what he should have done. That's the critics of Ridley Gregg. But I think that there's also the critics of Morgan Riley who are saying, you know, you didn't have to do, you You only didn't have two options either. This was sort of the crux of my article. You know, I think a lot of people th- thought, you know, Morgan Riley, all, all he had two ch- choices to make. One was to do nothing, or one was to cross-check Ridley in the head. And I think there was a middle ground for Morgan Riley, too. So if you didn't like what Ridley Gregg did, I think Morgan Riley could have grabbed him. He could have, you know, theoretically, could have dropped the gloves. There's a lot of things he could have done that probably wouldn't have warranted a call from the Department of Player Safety. So I guess I was trying to see, is there a middle ground here for both players, but as you know, with this discourse, there's never a middle ground. So what you're saying is that it warranted a reaction, just not the one that included a cross-check to the head. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying, Kipper, is I understand it. Like, So I, I talked to some Ottawa guys. You know, I think Josh Norris had the best quote of anybody on Saturday night. Josh Norris said, I loved it. Like, talking about Ridley Gregg. I loved it. I love what Ridley did. However, if that happened to us, I'm not going to lie to you. We'd probably be pretty upset. We just thought the retaliation went a, a little bit too far. And I think if you ask most players, that's probably what they would say. They would say, nah, you know what? I didn't like that. Somebody should have said something to him. But it shouldn't have risen to the level of uh, you know, getting the attention of the Department of Player Safety. But um, I, 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 understand. I guess I'm saying I don't, I don't have to agree with it, but I understand it. I understand why the Leafs are upset. Morgan Riley is upset. I understand it, but I also understand why Ottawa fans are are not upset because they're like all he did was shoot a puck into an empty net. Like like uh, it, it's one of the wildest controversies that I've seen in a long time. So Ian um, Norris says I loved it. My reaction, if I was in the room, would have said, "Well, what did you love about it exactly?" And I don't know where his follow up was or if there was a follow up, but. In your opinion, what did he love about it? Uh, you know what I think? And I think if you pulled the Ottawa guys aside and you asked them about Saturday night, 
Uh, guys, I think there was a real there's a real anger from Ottawa players that when when Toronto comes to town in particular, their own building gets taken over. And it's I'm going to put the number at 70 percent. I'm going to say that that building was 70 percent Toronto fans. So I think Ridley Gregg, if that game, let me put it this way, if that game's in Toronto, I don't know that he does that. But I think in Ottawa, I think the feeling from the players is this is really, really frustrating for us as players that our arena gets taken over. And hey, listen, full credit to Toronto fans. You come in, you buy up the tickets, you do. I'm not criticizing Toronto fans here, but but I, I think Ottawa players get really frustrated when their own barn gets taken over. And I think in some ways, and by the way, we tried to speak to Ridley today. He declined to speak until after the Department of Player Safety hands out uh, their their ruling on, on Riley. But I think if you pulled him aside and asked him, why'd you do that? Or even asked Norris, and got, why, why'd you like it? I think they get really frustrated when their own building gets taken over. And that was a little bit of a subtle, not-so-subtle shot at those Toronto fans in the building. Ian, what do you think of the idea that Riley will see uh, or get an in-person hearing, potentially six-plus game suspension for that play? You know, and this is where I'm going to understand where Toronto fans come from. Like, this thing is a wheel of justice, right? Like, they spin that thing, and the two of you who have been around this game a long time have no idea where that's going to land. I don't know where it's going to land. And I think that's the frustrating thing, is that you see other things that have happened, and yeah, it does at times, and I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth, but at times there does seem to be disproportionate uh, discipline handed out to some Toronto guys. I, I do see, I've seen the numbers. I'm not, this isn't an opinion. This is actually looking at the data. Like, wow, Jason Spezza got that. And, you know, Austin, you know whatever, go down the list. There, 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 it appears to be some disproportionate responses sometimes from the Department of Player Safety. So when it happened, I thought, you know, that that should rise to the level of supplemental discipline. You could talk me into three games or four games, whatever it is. I mean, I see some people saying that this is Dale, Hunter, Pierre Turgeon. I think that's a bit much. That, my opinion. Uh, but the fact that there's an in-person meeting and that they're going to New York means to me that Toronto's really going to fight this. And I, I think this is going to be really interesting. I, I, I wonder if it comes down to where David Perron was, which was six games. And I even think Toronto will be really upset if it gets up to that that six-game mark. Hey, Ian, did... Did really Greg start something for the Ottawa Senators in terms of just now presenting as a team that, you know, can on occasion stick it to teams like the Leafs or other ones? I mean, there's some toughness there with, with Brady Kachuk. Um, kind of surprised that the, the last seven seconds went as quietly, to be honest with you, um, as they did. Um, but is this Ottawa showing a side of them that says that, besides the talent on the team that they've got a little bit of moxie or, you know, strut. I don't know. Yeah. Look, Kipper, maybe, but you're sitting in 28th place, right? So the, the amount of swagger has to be somewhat measured, but this is a team. It's a franchise that has really struggled to find their identity. Like if you ask Ottawa fans, what's this team's identity? You'd have a hard time. Like back at, you know, 10, 12 years ago, they were the pesky Sens, right? Because they would always kind of punch above their weight and they hung around in games. Like they had an identity. And even under Guy Boucher, they had an identity. Kind of lock it down, play tight defensive hockey and and win. They haven't had an identity in a long time. And 
I, I think it's premature to say that what Ridley did on Saturday is like this definitive start of the swagger era of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I mean, it, I, yeah, you're right. It's too strong for me to say. But at the same time, if if Ridley Gregg's going to be this guy that every once in a while does call out a team or doesn't worry about repercussions, like, hey, don't disappear, Ridley, the next 25 games. Like, you know, bring it. And, and, and this is the thing. Like, there's no more Toronto-Ottawa meetings this season, right? And that... I think would have been a really interesting uh, story to follow if these two teams met again. Look, he's had a few things this year. Early in the year, he hammered Alex Dubrinkit in a, with a clean hit that, well, at least a lot of people thought it was a clean hit. It got penalized. Like, like Ridley's going to be a guy, if you go through and look at his career in the Western Hockey League, guys, he was suspended on multiple occasions. Um, there's not very many players like that anymore, right? That The guys that play on the edge, the almost the Matt Cook type of guys. And I, I don't want to put him, like, Cook was in his own uh, stratosphere there. But guys that play on the edge, there's not many of them left in the game. He's a throwback. And I do think that he's the type of guy, and, and Marchand at times in his career has done that, although he is, Brad is just an elite player now, right? But but Ridley Gregg is going to be one of those guys that if Ottawa ever gets into the playoffs, and that's a big if, he's going to be one of those Thorn in the side. I don't want to see this guy and kind of a Claude Lemieux, Brad Marchand, that type of player. So how do you feel about a guy like, you know, everyone was asked about this. So, you know, Ryan Reeves is asked too, and he had his say and basically said, you know, back when I came in the league in 2010, you know, the guy probably would still be on the ice. He basically saying it used to be a more violent game. You know, Reeves is maybe not as relevant as he once was. Where do you think... Guys like that have a role in incidents like this and solving these sort of, I guess, problems between teams. Yeah, it's interesting. And Reeves went on the ice, did he not, right, for the last he five did, seconds? Yeah, yeah. He, he was hot there. So, uh, you know, he he's there, and that's the reason why Toronto signed him was to, you know, theoretically address these types of things. Again, I don't know. Like, look, look this is more for the Toronto market. Like, if if, if Riley doesn't do what he does... You guys are spending the day on on 590 and on Sportsnet. All you're doing is talking about there was no response from Toronto. This team is spineless, right? Like, that's probably what the discourse is going to be in Toronto. So Riley does it, and now people are saying, maybe it should have been Ryan Reeves. Maybe it should have been somebody else. So I I think that that type of... That type of message sending seems a little bit outdated. Like, it, like I, I don't know. Like, I guess I guess you could have sent Ryan Reeves out in the last five seconds to go after Ridley Gregg, maybe, I guess you could have done something like that. But look, I think this stuff is quite frankly, sometimes as long as it's nobody's getting seriously hurt and there's not a ton of danger involved. Sometimes this stuff is this type of hatred's good in the battle of Ontario. Like guys, this has been a dormant rivalry for the better part of the decade. I was thinking about this the other day when this all happened. I think, in the cap era, it almost feels... I mean, Matthews had his four-goal game. When's the last time there was any spice between Ottawa and Toronto? Like, mm. the time that Austin Matthews checked to see Scott Sabarin's nameplate? Was that the, the most spicy thing that's happened in the cap era? So, sometimes it's okay to have Ryan Reeves say what he says and, and for Ridley Gregg to do what he did and for all these things to happen because sometimes, as long as it doesn't cross the line into this is reckless, dangerous behavior... This type of hate and this type of rivalry sometimes I think is good for the sport. I agree. And all it took was to bring that goon coach back, Jacques Martin. Yes. <laughs>
Hey. So <laughs> noted goon. So what's uh what's left for the Ottawa Senators in, in the last thirty here? Because there was some talk that they might be interested in Chris Tanov. I'm like, yeah, but is Chris Tanov interested in the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, like I mean the, I look at Tanov's situation. I think if I'm Chris Tanov, I'd want to go and have a playoff run with a Toronto, with you know, call whoever needs a, a, a defenseman to to boost up my value for the offseason. Then when Ottawa or a team like that wants to sign me, my value is a little bit more increased. So that that's me if I'm Tanev. I want to go play some meaningful games. The interesting thing on Ottawa, guys, it's Tarasenko. That's the name to watch. That's the player to be paying attention to. We chatted with Vlad Tarasenko today. You know, he confirmed he switched agents. He said it was a family decision. Uh, hasn't had any meaningful talks with Ottawa about What's going to happen? But I think we can read between the lines here. He's going to likely get shipped off at some point between now and that March 8th trade deadline. And what can Ottawa get for him? Like, as I'm looking at biggest Ottawa stories the next three weeks, four weeks, it's Tarasenko. Uh, Montreal got a first-round pick for Sean Monaghan. I don't think Ottawa's getting a first for Tarasenko, but I don't think it's out of the realm that they could maybe get a second-round pick, maybe a prospect, something of that nature. But that, to me... Of all the storyline, and this is Steve Steos' first deadline as a general manager. He's fully in control of the car, two hands on the steering wheel. I'm really interested to see how he and Dave Poulin uh, handle the next few weeks. Ian, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you making time for us. The Battle of Anytime. Ontario, it's back, baby. Yeah. It's <laughs> back. Ne- Tune in next October. It's back. <laughs> thanks, Ian. Yeah, Ian Mendes, me, senior writer with The Athletic. Uh, yeah, I liked his answer a lot on just the players sick and tired of watching a building being dominated by 70% of the opposition fan base. Well, yeah. well every and I don't team cares about the Leafs matchup. Well, I don't Cadre think any, said it. I don't think anyone is sitting here going, I don't know why Greg did it. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like it's the Leafs. It was a close game. Bell, Ontario. Yeah. Take this. Eat it. And then the Leafs said, well, don't say that to us in front of our friends and family. So, so since we're doing so much Leafs in Ottawa or whatever, do we want to listen to the Reed clips from today? I think probably. Is it any good? All three of them are pretty good. Okay, let's just play one and we'll... Uh, <laughs> You'll make let's, the call. Listen, let's listen to Reeves clip one and then we'll go from there, okay? Okay. I mean, a guy takes a clap and you're going to go play patty cake with him? Like, no, there's got, there's got to be a message sent and... Uh, I, I don't think a, a push is a message, to be honest with you. So um, I thought I thought it was appropriate. I will say the one thing that I'm hearing from a lot of people is you want to go up there and fight them or whatever. That's like the appropriate response. But you know how that goes. The guy doesn't want to fight you. So you go over there and drop your gloves. He doesn't want to fight. So you kind of yeah. grab him and you go. To- oh, you can still fight him. You just fight us. Just punch him. So yeah. is it better if you're just suckering a guy yeah. who's not yeah, fighting well, you? One or two. Is that better than a stick? Yes. Yeah. It is better. Suckering a guy in the jaw is better than a little cross check. It's not a little cross check. You don't have to suck around. Just a little baby crap. Like, you know, again, yeah. if if Ridley doesn't know something's coming when he just showed Ridley up Ridley should team, know everything's coming. Okay? Yeah. Then I get one one lick in for sure. One lick if would get should, him. But if he drops him with 5, a clean 000. right in that situation. Well, then you're an idiot, Ridley, for not paying attention. And I'd rather take my chance on that than yeah. a cross-check to the head. I think what happens, though, in all honesty, Kip, is he goes over, he drops his gloves, Greg does, and he wrestles them down, yeah. and nothing's accomplished. 
to me, it's he wanted to get his pound of flesh. And anyway, this is this isn't, play this isn't Morgan Riley. This isn't the incident. I'm just throwing out a general comment. Sure. I'm not sure the players today know how to start a fight in the National Hockey League. <laughs> Explain. Hey, you want to go? Yeah. You want to go? I, I just, I, I think there's ways that you can confront, yeah. you could uh, goad sometimes yeah. a guy into a fight. Or at like least you can, a few of you these so you know it's coming before guy, my gloves come you off. You can embarrass a guy. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's an art to it. Yeah. And I don't think the guys think enough about it. So sometimes right. they have these, these raw emotional bursts. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And, and it can get point, them actually. in trouble. Like it's, yeah, there, there's an art to it, well, guys. Yeah. So that's the best I can explain it to you. No, no, I, that's great. Uh, in Reeves clip three, he All talks right. about that very thing. If we could listen to it, Kipper, I know you love these. Yeah, no, let's, let's go do clip it. three. You would hope, you would hope, but, um, you know, these young kids these days are, uh, they're playing a different brand of hockey than I'm used to. Uh, the codes changed a little bit. The games changed a lot. And uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, a young kid like that can get away with something like that. And then, you know, one of our best players is going to get suspended for it. So, um, yeah, I'd make hockey violent again and get that tattooed on me. The worst part about it is, like, that's George Peros's company. Yeah, Violent Gentleman. Violent Gentleman is the name of Peros's company. It's like, ugh. <laughs> you can't have guys saying the thing. This, Ryan and I are, are kind of aligned on it's. Yeah, it's just it's a different it's a different world right now for these kids. On on like some of them like and and I'll use the Leafs as an example. Like their their top stars are not confrontational people. No, they go out of their way right. to watch Austin Matthews again go into that scrum at the end of the game Saturday night and play traffic cop and have, like, his pulse didn't change one iota. I know. Like, kills me. It does. I hate to admit how much it kills me, but it kills me. Like, there's a lot of good players. Like, Mm -hmm. I think Sid would have reacted differently. Uh, Connor, I think Connor would have reacted differently. It's just not in his nature. So once he gets in a position of being uncomfortable, who knows what he's capable or not capable of doing, but he chooses to stay comfortable in any situation outside yeah. of you know, and, and I think his job. That, that, you know, to the point of the game changing, you know, you go through the list of top scorers, whether it's Patterson or Panarin or Ranton and Nylander, Reinhardt, you know, Matthews being in there, McCarr, like Aho, Robert Thomas, like Jesper Bratt, the top guys. Not a lot of these guys are gifted in the way or aggressive in the way that you would want them to be in those yeah. moments. Certainly there are the guys, and I agree with you, a guy like Nathan McKinnon threw a helmet at a guy's head, I think. Yeah. You know, like that's, there's one, that's guys one of the funniest who, hockey clips uh, ever. Nate's like, yeah. If you, he would have out there, he would have been in, yeah. Yeah, and you don't win a Stanley Cup by accident. Wires cross guy. He's yeah. on the first team wire cross. Like, <laughs> he he's is. a freak. But I, I know we're talking a lot of Leafs here, but I have to say, Ryan Reed's getting killed. He obviously doesn't play a ton. He, like, you know, he's, he is what he is at this point of his career. But I will say, it's really refreshing to hear clips from a guy coming out and not just saying the same old crap that we've heard the cliches and just like, oh, we're fine. Like, to have a guy that's coming out and saying that stuff to me, mm-hmm. it's nice to hear. And, like, he's defending his teammate. He's saying he shouldn't be suspended. 
like that guy, you know, it's just. Yeah, we played I, a lot of the send stuff where his teammates were less inclined yes, to be like. I, yeah. I just love what I'm hearing from Reeves. And I know people probably hate it because he doesn't play a lot. But like, it's nice to hear. I will admit. So anyways, yeah. you want to do some game time here, boys? Yeah, let's go to game time. And then we'll take a quick break and we'll get into the Calgary Flames and Uyghurs first career. Hat yeah. trick. He has the most goals going back a year now for among D. Uh, it's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, you mentioned Mackenzie Weger there. Um, Hold on. Sorry to interrupt you. How yeah. did your Super Bowl bets go? I lost everything. Yeah? Lost it all. Guys, I, I told you in the group chat I, that I made three bucks. I need to walk it back and be honest. I won a buck uh, 40. Wow. Yeah. I, I will say I made an offline bet. Little money line bet with uh, old Ron on the couch. Yeah. Made 30 on that one. Okay. So not bad, okay. not bad. All right, but all right. My online bets didn't go so hot. I, I will say I was an Isaiah Pacheco touchdown away from a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> and when they got it down, because they got it down to the yeah, five-yard line. carried it a couple times and down there. Hey. There was a couple guys in the room that had the same action, and it would have been a lot happier drive home. Let's yeah. just say that. Let me tell you something. If Blackjack yeah, here became we go. Yeah, 22, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I would have made a lot of money. <laughs> anyways, yeah. it was it would have set up for an electric moment for him to walk it off and win it for the Chiefs. But anyways, that's fine. But why I mentioned Uyghur, the Calgary Flames play in New York tonight. And if you'll remember last year, this fixture, this game, was one of the more explosive games of the year where Truba smoked Kadri, remember? That was a massive yes. hit, and there's a bunch of scraps, and it was one of the best games of the year. Not saying that's going to happen again, but it's a, always a, it's a great jersey matchup. Those Flames Whites versus the Blue of the Rangers, love that. Good aesthetic matchup. Uh, the Flames are plus 135. They've been hot, actually. So if you want a little bit of a, a value on the, Ranger, uh, on the Flames going into New York, you can have okay. a look at that one. And uh, the New Jersey Devils are kind of... Looking at me at a minus 150. They've been playing better recently. They've been getting a little bit better goaltending. They're on the outside looking in. They really need these kind of points against teams like the Kraken. So give me the New Jersey Devils minus 150 tonight on the money line as well. So those are my two looks for tonight. Uh, And that was game time. Reserve at Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. And find out why it's ever ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay, let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back, and we'll talk uh, in deeper, uh, deeper detail about the Calgary Flames and where do they go because there's just win. And uh, uh, I don't know. The more they trade players, the more they win. They should just trade everyone. You they mentioned up to the Leafs. You mentioned the uh, New Jersey Devils. They mm-hmm. need a goalie bad. Elliot Friedman reporting that there Mark were some Mark. talks about Markstrom. We'll get into that and more when we return to Real Kipper and Bourne. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Four games on top in the National Hockey League, including Calgary at New York. We're discussing the Calgary Flames off a big win. Kenzie Weger has been like a really good pickup. And I don't know, was he a bit of an afterthought on, on, the, on the trade with Florida? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, he's definitely the smaller piece, right? But compared to Huberto, but they gave him a huge contract. Yeah, they did. Well, he, yeah, he, he's a minute muncher too. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know where they would be without him. So he is first or tied for first in the NHL in goals by D, which is uh, no small feat, especially covering the Toronto Maple Leafs where no D ever score. No, he is leading the league at 15 goals, uh, two ahead of Thomas Harley. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he's been great. He's a guy that the Leafs kicked tires on at one point, I remember, a week or. But, no, uh, he's got an edge, too. Like, I I really like that guy. Mm -hmm. As we spoke of earlier on this show, uh, Noah Hannafin doesn't seem in a hurry to sign $60 million with the Calgary Flames. Is that what you think? There's that much out there for yeah. him? And he hasn't signed that? Nope. Which means, okay. Yeah. Got to move him. Good rule of thumb. If you offer anyone $60 million to do something, they don't immediately say yes. They're probably just time to let him go. Pack those bags, bud. Yeah. He can't get the extra year on a deal. So the assumption is that he'd be fine at 50 playing somewhere else and signing a seven-year deal, right? Seven yeah. or 55 million if he matches or close to 55 million if he matches the ballpark of 7.5 on an AAV. Yeah. I got to tell you, I would leap to sign him to that contract. Yeah. You know, given his age and his ability, skill set, where he is in his career, where the cap is going. I mean, somewhere around the Morgan Riley number, or even a little bit more, would not bother me one bit. There's also a sense out there that Chris Tanev could be traded within a week to 10 days. Yeah, we're getting mm-hmm. to that time of year. Don't yeah. tell the trade deadline producers that. He's kind of getting antsy, I think. He's got a young family. He wants to get this Yeah, if I'm going to go somewhere, let's go get set up. and do it now. Yeah. Not, not interested March 8th. Of course, he can't control this, but... I think out of respect for him, Calgary's going to try to get a deal done sooner than later. Well, and there's just so many reasons why they should. Um, Obviously, they're eager parties. Tampa Bay, we mentioned, though, Sergachev, probably heavily interested. Um, Also, you know, the value you get from adding a Tanev, you get more value now than you will later on. And yeah, it makes sense. So I can see that happening. I'm not on the pulse of uh, Flames Nation. I know that may surprise you here. But I just, I guess they're pretty far out of a wild. They're not that far. I guess they're kind of like, are you sure you want to trade off everybody? Like, you don't want, you just, I guess you're not going anywhere, but this team has shown that they're not the worst team. Like, how far back of a playoff spot are they? I think three points back. A Flames team could look at, you know, trying to be Vancouver, just like so many teams will, but where even this year, if you had to, Add someone who you had some term, you know, start trying to get better here, thinking of next year. Uh, the asset collection off of Tanov yeah. and Hannafin could be and maybe huge. Markstrom, mm-hmm. maybe Markstrom, and, and maybe Markstrom. Yeah, that is. It. And the the beauty they should do that. By the, the way, the beauty of that is that you you take those assets back at the the draft in the summer, turn them into players, and turn them into media players. Not 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 potential. Like right. you can flip them for for twenty four, twenty five, twenty six year olds. I'm with you, and I love that. To, to me, that's not done enough by teams where you say, hey, you know, we're teams are either tanking or they're going the other way. To me, a team like the Flames can add all these assets and, and immediately trade them. Their next year, guys, their 2024 draft, mm. two first-rounders, a second, a third, two fourth-rounders, a fifth, a sixth. Like, they have really? real assets. Who's the first-rounder from? Uh, Vancouver. Hmm. That one was that the koozie? Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, because that's the one that just happened. Yeah. And at Markstrom's age, 
it just makes no sense to hold them. Does not make any sense. What do you you don't think you're going to win a cup in the next couple of years? Then get him while while he's still hot. Yeah, and well, you can get assets. I you know I, I sent you guys a message the other day about Josh Anderson. Like that was a guy who had real ass, you know, real value to Montreal. Like, what would he he have been worth last year at the deadline? A first, yeah, you know. And now, oh, keep um, going. Yeah, yeah, keep going. And now, what 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 you you get uh, for Josh Anderson in this contract? No, first, no. Oh, I'm telling you, you're out what? Of, no, you're out of your mind. How many is he? One goal, two goals. I don't care. Mm. That guy is what six three. He and skates, skates like nowhere. Apparently, yeah, he flies. He, what do you think you're get, What do you think you're getting? A fourth round pick? He makes for, a he makes a hundred million dollars and he doesn't score goals. He's five point five million. This and three more seasons. Oh my no, god! Three yeah. more? Yeah. Listen, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> if, if uh, you need Montreal to eat some of that. Yes. I would think that you do. See, now we're talking. Okay. Give me Josh Anderson a three five. No. Uh, I think you'd be really lucky to get him at four. Yeah. Okay. And you'll get your first. Yeah. Josh and uh, okay. Yeah. Listen, I'm watching the Toronto Maple Leafs every day. Uh, he's immediately playing 15 minutes, and I know that's not a great sign on the team. 15 minutes on a third line with, you know, yeah, Domi I, and Yarnick. Just pass it to him, and it would bounce off the skates off the end. Josh Anderson's a little reluctant to bring it as much as a Tom Wilson, but that is the physical presence, guys. For sure. Of Josh Anderson. So well, if if Montreal could do that, the the only thing is he has a uh, modified no trade. I don't know what that would look like, but I undersold him. He's got seven goals this year. Sorry, I said two. So that was a little, that was a little rude by me. Seven goals. Yes, yeah. very rude. Minus nineteen. Um, I watched uh, the Habs game because I was at the cottage with a couple of guys who are Habs fans. Watched the Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon game against St. Louis. St. Louis. Boy, Habs are heading south. South, south, south in the standings. I know they're trading off. They're yeah. trying to rebuild. I understand it. But for one of the classic franchises in the NHL, they are a tough watch, boys. Slavkovsky is looking Coming around. Like a decent player now. But <laughs> what about a... He just won't be a, no. First a overall franchise player, yeah. type of player. Yeah. What about a Mike Matheson at yeah. the deadline? Well, not, I mean, not like, but you're talking about like their, their best defenseman. Yeah, he's really good. But yeah. they, but if you're them, you know what good's he doing? He? Yeah, he's not young. Thirty. No, sorry. So he turns thirty at the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, and what's he got left on his deal? So this, and then two more years at four point eight. Well, oh, you get him. You get a haul haul for him. Yes. He probably plays twenty five minutes a night. Yes. Yeah, he's a really good player, and he's a beautiful skater up he and is. down the ice. Like yeah. he has got to be in the conversation one of the best skaters in the league. Yeah. David Savard could get you a first. First. Well, I mean, you see the names that get thrown out there. Everybody's just like, yeah, they're, they have skates on yeah. and they can skate a little bit and yeah. they're getting a first. Like I saw. It's so funny watching the NBA when they're like, yeah, well, four firsts or whatever. They just. What did, what, did, uh, what did Tampa Bay give Columbus for David Savard and turned him into a, like two a seconds. fifth de- defenseman? Yeah. I think it was two seconds. Two seconds yeah. or first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Or one first. Oh, he's a shutdown guy. He's big. He's strong. He gets in people's way. So like, yeah, Montreal. This is, is this is the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, they they really gotta they gotta nail this one. Yeah, because they I think they have a couple more that they could trade. Yeah. Oilers would be interested in Savard, Tanov. That's what they need.
Yeah, they'll get someone, I would presume. You know, I don't think the Canucks are done in terms of adding D. I know Winnipeg wants to, like, Canada is just starving for D. If you have them, like Montreal does, there's a... I told you, that all, all, all Canadian teams in the playoffs right now, very aggressive. So, oh, go ahead. I was, was going to ask you what's the door off. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, similar to Vancouver, did you, there is a, on my Canucks Twitter feed that I have lots of people involved in that, there is a very hot debate about the gritty the guy did uh what's oh, his name yeah jake wallman yeah did the celebration like the the gritty the mitch marner move where he you know i don't know have you ever seen the gritty yes i know the gritty okay can you do the gritty um the On question skates? is why would i want to <laughs> yeah but it's a hot debate because they play again soon i think they play again this week they're asking for retribution. They're mad. <laughs> they are. They're mad. It's a, it's a hot-button debate in okay. Vancouver right now. So yeah. we're on in Vancouver. What'd you think? So I think it's like it just sucks is all. Like it's like it was culturally relevant 18 months ago oh, or something right. like that. It but, was a rather clean, gritty, as the kids would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it does gritty here at, during All-Star Week. Yeah. It's a celebration you're winning. You've won the game like a walk-off, bat flip sort of thing. I got no problem with a big celebration for a surprise moment where a good thing uh, happens. What's more offensive, a slap shot into an empty net or a grin? <laughs> the game's over. The, yeah. the, the Sens have won the game. Yes. This is not a, oh, my God, we did it, yeah. like jubilation moment to me. Uh, I'm not that bothered by the Gritty. Did, did Gritty not You're jump, allowed to have fun. Did, did he not jump the shark like on fallon and who like, gritty yeah oh, we're talking about two different things here but. no i'm just saying his popularity is it still <laughs> that is he, gritty the philly gritty is he i will say because we were down at the fanfare yeah uh whatever friday a couple fridays ago and they brought out all the mascots at one point and i i'm not gonna i was legitimately excited to see gritty gritty's the guy he's, he's a super okay. guy he, he uh, that's is, what i'm telling gritty you he's one. still there though it's he's, still there oh, yeah, he's the Connor mcdavid of of uh, mascots he is the he is the cream of the crop i will say i just want to separate the difference between the ridley greg thing and the wallman thing is one is like joy and jubilation uh-huh. and one is a clean f you yes one is involving your team in celebrating one is aimed at the other team those are the, that's the separation uh, for me i will say though if i was a meathead canucks fan like i'm a meathead Leafs fan i would probably would like someone to speak to him if the next Greg game? had done the gritty, you probably oh would be like, kill God. him. So, yeah. Oh, my. If Greg did the gritty, I wouldn't have made, I would have passed away. I wouldn't have made it here. <laughs> I would not be around. <laughs> so. uh, Oilers, losers of two of three. That's oh, this news sucks. Big news. <laughs> okay, what were the odds, though, Saturday it night is, that they is. would get shut out by L.A.? I don't think that they had been shut out since the Woodcroft days, but, of course, they've only won since then, so... Been a while, but yeah, pretty unlikely. Um, what do you think? Just maybe a little bit of a letdown after the streak ends and you just... It's just hard to keep that foot on the pedal yeah. for that long. Oh. And L.A. has a new coach yeah, and yeah, they're man. all on their best behavior. The L.A. is going through what Edmonton went through, right? We're getting that new coach. Here we go now. Yeah. So they're in the first wild card spot and they are three points behind the Oilers. And oh, we got the standings up here again. And so then it's Vegas next with 68 points. How are the Oilers, and I know how, yeah. I don't need help They on won this. a lot in a row. They, but it's just like, how are they not farther ahead, but they're four games, fewer games played, and the start of the I, season happened. We, we are barreling towards Oilers, Golden Knights in the first round here. Wow. Yeah, it's really looking like that's, it's a possibility. Like, you know, you talk about how, 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 you talk about how great the, 
the Canadian teams the years they're having, and it's like Jets get Avalanche first round, Oilers, Golden Knights. We could be out two Canadian teams <laughs> in a week. It's scary. The Golden Knights healthy yeah. will be scary. Oh yeah, man. That that blue line mm-hmm. is just big. We also just watched Kansas City do that thing where teams who have won are comfortable in yes. those sort of tight Correct. moments and you know, coming off a cup win, you, you got to beat the best. And they know they can beat them in a series. They had it last year. They got that little bit of they just ended their streak. They don't like each other. Yeah. They got I just That's must watch TV. Oh my god, that's I mean, incredible. I mean, for series. Oilers sake, it doesn't happen. I actually think the Oilers have a chance to get above them by the end of the year, but we don't really know get them. anything about uh, Eichel. Do we Jack, in terms of how how hurt is he, or yeah, that when he's coming back, I remember it being a, six that's weeks. That's a big deal. I remember it being six weeks the injury when it when it first happened, but I haven't heard much on that. So, article January eighteenth says we'll miss at least four weeks. So mm-hmm. that should take us to roughly now. Yeah. So I'm not sure what his status is, but um, I expect to see him back this month. Yeah. Yeah, Eichel back. Shea Theodore, they've been playing without. Like they are. Yeah, I, I, if I'm an Oilers fan, that's my that's my Panthers. If I'm an Oilers fan, that's hey, not the team I want to see. In terms of guys who could be added for a playoff run, what do you guys think of Bill Kessel sitting at home right now? Hasn't <sighs> played all year. Wants to play. Rick Tockett recently made comments that he still thinks Phil has something left in the tank. Which Vancouver? Listen, no one knows him better than than Talk. Yeah. I mean he he had. Yeah, him but in, don't you think you fall in, in love with the guys that you have won with before and? Should have won How the Conn Smythe one year. How old is he now? Well, like, I don't know. He isn't. What's he been doing all this time? Ah, that's a Training. good question. <laughs> VO2 max every Boy, day. Boys, I don't want to stereotype here, but I'm like, <laughs> 36. We, we want to make sure Phil's been on the ice a lot. Phil's saying he's ready. He's ready to go. I think. I believe him. I think it would be an awesome story if the Canucks or another Canadian team or like a contender signed Phil Castle. Like, I don't think he's going to give you a lot. But it's just good to have him in the league. If he's sitting in your press box and he's got to come out as your 13th forward and put him in one day, yeah. there's a good chance he shoots one in the net. Yeah, he could come flying down off the left wing and rip it under the, under the bar, shoot a low blocker for sure. But yeah. I, do you think it could happen, Kipper, that he'd go somewhere? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, no I'd one, have to No hear one can mo- make moves right now, Kip. I bet you someone picks him up. I'd have to hear more about, like... What is that? Yes. <laughs> is he coming in... Hot. Like looking like an NHL don't want player a or a bowling ball, right? <laughs> is he in shape is the first question. I bet he is. I bet he is. Yeah, I'm a Kessel believer. Uh, where are you guys on Ovi being back? Five goals yeah. in the last five games. This is the show such an Ovi hater show. It's, I, everyone that goes in, I cringe. Well, the one, yeah, he shot it through the, the Panthers goalie the other yeah. day. I was like, ah, oh, you got to have that. Yeah, everyone that goes in, I'm like, oh, God. I don't know how... The Washington Capitals, they have to be the slowest team oh in the league. God, they stink. You know, I forget who I was tweeting about this with the other day, but, like, they have names, but names that are expired. Not, like... No, they have no names. No, but, like... Yeah, okay, OV and... a name. Oshie. Oshie's a name. Pacioretty's a John name. John Carlson. But, yeah, but it's... But those are not effective players anymore. No, not anymore. And the rest of the group is just... I, there, there, the there's fact some that young kids there. Above 500 is baffling. Yeah, maybe like Tom. I Wilson, think that, I in all honesty, though, like, well, what it is? They, they've, they've been actually pretty good defensively, have they not? Well, Lindgren's been very good in net, mm. so he keeps them in games. Yeah, 
And the one thing that's killing Ovi is they've yeah. got one of the worst power plays in the league. Well, that's because they pass it to the guy who yeah. hammers it into the wall. Yeah, they wow. stand, he stands in one spot for two full minutes and goes off the ice. And everybody's Lindgren's a 9-15 in 23 games for them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And everybody's playing the diamond, right? So Ovi is not getting his one-timer anymore. Just waiting, just waiting with his stick scraping and the I don't, ceiling. I, uh, I don't know where he is on, on shots, but it was an automatic throughout his career that he just took the most shots. Yes. Right? And he's got a – I don't think he's close this year. Oh. Th- that's been the biggest drop-off, I think, for him is that he just doesn't shoot the puck he to has, the net anymore. No, he has been like the league leader by miles in his prime, and yeah. then even not in his prime, um, looking quickly, he is not in the top 10. Not he's in the top not, 10. He's nowhere to be And where is the top 10? Would I, uh, So Ovechkin is 26th in the league. In shots on goal. Yeah, top guy is 260. He's got 160. Who's top guy? Top guy is? Okay, uh, let me guess. Pasternak. Pasternak. Give me Matthews. second, though. I'll Matthews give you uh, McKinnon. McKinnon second. Ooh. Yeah. Matthews fourth. Yeah. There's a guy between them there. Where's he play? Tampa. Oh. <laughs> uh, Stamkos. No. Stamkos? No. no. Oh, I don't know. Scooch. Oh, yeah, duh. Uh, Connor McDavid. Where's McDavid? He's not that high up there. Uh, Willie Nylander is sixth. Tavares is 12th. Wow. Uh, McDavid, is he in the league? That's yes, he's 30th. 157. Oh. That's really shocking, too. I'm going to go back and look at last year. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is always bad radio. But no, Everyone but sit with me while I... I can just, fi- I can just hear, hear the wheels turning in Kipper's head right now about how little McDavid shoots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was 12th last year in shots. Last uh, year, uh, last year McDavid was third. He's 30th this year. Okay, so... Like, if my math is correct... That's 27. OV oh. needs how many goals to pass or tie Gretzky? 60? I don't know. I think it's less 60. than that. He's eight, it? it's eight, he's got 835. What's 892 the record or something like 892? that? 892? Yeah. Mm. He's going to get there, guys. He's creeping. Okay. He's going to get there. But when? Like, <laughs> no, not when. But how, what does it look like for the Washington Capitals? Right. Is, he... is this just now? Is this team going to suck Yes. And this is just about Ovi getting the record. Yeah, their power plays at 14%, but they leave him out there for two full minutes. Yeah. Just like, get okay. there already. Is, is, is that is that going to be a fun record to follow? I'm not having fun. No. I hate every minute of it. I just don't I, want I him to have it. if we should establish if he, if as a Canadian still, show, we're kind of rooting for Gretz to hold yeah, on if, to it a little bit. Of course. If he's still a fairly dominant guy putting the puck in the net, then... Right. You can sell it. But if he's getting 18 if, a year. Is, is the league and sponsors going to ride this thing? And we're watching a guy well past his date. Yes. Yeah, the, the guy with Putin in his Instagram picture scoring 18 goals a year. They're going to have confetti falling from the ceiling when he gets there. It's going to be an awkward celebration. It's going to be team it's gonna be awkward. 20 games or 20 right? points out of the playoffs by then. It's it's going to be awkward yeah. for uh, teammates and a coaching staff. Well, no, it isn't. They'll just give him his way to goes. And... No, but... Way to go. No, 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 <laughs> way no, to go. no, no, no. Listen, guys want to win. Guys want to... Frustrated uh, watching this? Well... Yes. You know what? I guarantee, I you know, just thinking about this, I guarantee there's guys in the team going like, hey, we got to do something else in the power play. It does not work just yes. trying to tee up that 
and that's automatic that's, shooting machine. That's going to be the challenge it's here. It's a potato gun for the top of the circle. Next. It's going to be a challenge for the Washington Capitals on how they handle this and how much is too much time and when do we give someone else a chance and... What if they took him off the power play? Oh, my God. They're I, like, it's not working. I just wish Gratz would come out and be like, I don't want him to get it. But he's just oh, yeah. too classy. Yeah. He's just too classy. That's not happening. I know. Well, I just you know want what? it back. All the old guys did it about the Oilers record. I just let Gratz come out and be like, no. It's like 890, and he's like, I'm going to say it. I've I, seen enough. Yeah. Get him, boys. Kick him off the tour. Besides, <laughs> 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 I've seen enough. Yeah. Uh, We're not happy. But about- in the meantime... They're in the hunt for a playoff spot. They're in the, the minus hunt for nothing. Gold ever They're ever. in the hunt for nothing. Well, hopefully the Flames and Rangers is ex- as explosive tonight as it was last year. With the Truba. Big Truba Roger. hit. What's, uh, what's Calgary in for with the New York Rangers here? Because the Rangers were off to a, a, one of those starts where they made everybody believers, and now it's like, uh, not sure they're ready for prime time yet. They're in a decent run now. I, I think it's a pretty good-looking Ranger team. I, I don't think they're... It's tough looking at teams this year. I don't think anyone is that great. And the Rangers are a flawed team, but they've won four in a row, starting to win again, trying to fend off the surging Carolina Hurricanes. Two hot teams right now, the Rangers and Flames. Like uh, any team now in the National Hockey League, Shesterkin goes on a run. run. And they're good again. Simple sport. Calgary and the Rangers tonight, one of four games. No hard empty netters, you guys. We'll be watching. Yeah, that's right. Respect. Lots of respect. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Our thanks to Ian Mendez. We are back again tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Bourne Show.